Welcome to a new Dinner Table Talks. My name is Joe Hilliard. And I'm Aislinn Campbell. And we are at our dinner table, and you pulled me, you dragged me out of the kitchen. Did I was you busy. welcome our guests to the dinner table? Did you say, please have a seat? Did you say, like, hello, friends? Are we, We're are so we glad to, to the point in our relationship here. with our guests that they kind of know that they just come in, plop down, make themselves at home, grab some food and a drink if you want it? I don't know. Are we? Hi. Welcome. <laughs> have a seat. Grab yourself something to drink. Aislinn, I see you're nice and wind up. Oh, I'm always whining. <laughs> you pulled me out of the kitchen. Well, I came home from getting my hair cut. It was beautiful. And then I was all like, come on, let's go. Oh, wait, no, I wasn't. I was like, oh, I got more work to do. Yeah, you did that. And then I was like, I'm done. Let's go. That's what happened. And I was in the middle of preparing goat curry. <laughs> goat curry. Goat oh, my curry. God. I told you it's a great night. I'm using garam masala in the kitchen. The whole house is going to smell mm, no, that's delicious. No, right. Garam masala. Garam masala. What was it? Garam masala. Garam masala. Garam masala. Garam masala. I guess the rule would be that if the goat curry Are you is amazing, the fun of we'll the goat do curry? it next week. And if the goat curry sucks, you'll never hear about it again. <laughs> no, we'll hear about it. One way or the other, because I'm going to tell the world when you fail, I want them all to know. <laughs> That's one of those things that only works in one direction <laughs> for certain kinds of people. <laughs> I love talking about someone else's failure, but let's point out your failure. No, 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 no. I locked my keys in my car today. I was going to say. <laughs> it costs $70. $70. And I'm like, yay, $70 helped me pay someone else's rent. <laughs> That's an expensive lesson. Yeah. I've had a few of those. My dad said, are you going to go on your way home and get a key? And I was like, no. And he rolled his eyes and he goes, $70. You're all wind up. I'm enjoying a delicious hazy IPA. We've been stepping out a little bit. Isn't there a song like... Stepping out with my baby. Step, step, step. I have been listening to Real Jazz on XM. Yeah. And when I listen to Spotify, yeah. I listen to the Rat Pack. Like, I'm all into it these okay. days. Real jazz. It's good. It's good. John Coltrane. Mm-hmm. Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. I love jazz. Thelonious Monk. I love jazz. I came this close to getting a jazz local show on the uh, local NPR station. You have the perfect radio voice for it. It was going to be called Joe Learns Jazz, a beginner's guide to all of the best jazz in the world. I'm going to repitch that. You've, you've, you've. No. That's a bad idea? No. Unless they're paying a buttload yeah. of money. No, 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 no. exactly. The local NPR station. Yeah, no, we're not. making money these days. But we've been stepping out. Listen, some of our fans may feel like I maybe need to go to rehab. I said, no, no, no. I don't want to put that <laughs> idea out there at all because that's not the situation. It's no, just... no, no. I like to have a nice cocktail. Yeah. I like to say cocktail. I cocktail. enjoy a cocktail. That is made by a professional and sits you down at a place where you are likely to A, see someone else that you know, mm-hmm. B, make a new friend, mm-hmm. C, allow us to just completely goof off and enjoy the cocktail. Absolutely. And Corpus Christi, our hometown, has been challenged in the way of really good cocktails. That has been a thing for a while. Fairly recently, a new place opened up, was just like, oh my God, everybody in town was talking about how amazing and yeah, 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 yeah. I love this city, but if you live in a big city and you're enjoying something really cool, we may not get it for 10 or 15 years. That's exactly right. So craft cocktails, Mm -hmm. there's a couple of high spots. 
but several deficiencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But finally, finally, after I think this place has been open now for a few years, sure. I have officially decided that you can actually get a really well-made cocktail at this place. Yeah. I walked in and I sat at the best seat in the whole restaurant. Yeah. The corner spot of the bar yeah. where you can sit right. and watch the whole room. And the bartender came up to me real fast and said, what can I get you to drink? I do like a champagne cocktail as like a first, like a starter drink. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I like to have a champagne cocktail. I leaned over and I said, you know, I like to get a French 75. French 75 is a it's champagne a gin and gin yeah. and lemon and whatever. But I, I want something different. Can you make me a champagne cocktail? I've got it. Threw his finger up in the air. Got it. Right. You know? So then he makes me a drink that apparently he has done the work of a real bartender, like a true bartender, not someone tending bar, but a bartender. Not someone that can follow a recipe in a book. Right. Mm -hmm. He actually makes drinks. An artisan. And so he says, okay, I've made you Ode to Lusty or Lusty. I don't even remember, something. Then he told me, oh, that's the poet, in the name of a poet. He gave me that. And I actually looked it up and I couldn't figure out what he was talking about. But anyway, that doesn't really matter. Did it taste good? Yes, it did taste good. It had blueberries in it. But here's the part where I flirt with the bartender. Yeah, right? I saw it. No, you didn't. Right. You were not there. I promise. I promise that the listeners do not want to hear that conversation. We had to have a whole argument yeah, because he... That you're still wrong because about. I, I, Let's not continue. No, no. He, he's <laughs> he's so old, his memory is failing. <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's No, it's the truth. Whatever, His Sally. memory is failing him. Oh, come on. I lean across the table and I say, hey, you know, I don't want this to be awkward or weird, but I'm going to make a sexual joke. And the guy has on a watermelon shirt. I would have worn that shirt. Yeah, totally. I, I bought a shirt like that for Cortland mm -hmm. for his birthday because he likes watermelons. I leaned across the table and I said, I guess women can make these jokes, but if a man made this I, joke... I, I Go continue. <laughs> I, I was going to say, he too. Hashtag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He too. I said, you do know it's not watermelon season anymore. It's actually eggplant season. Mm -hmm. Ha, 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 ha. Eggplant. Yeah, eggplant right. season. And then I was like, I actually harvested some eggplant. Well, then I learned later on that he's a gardener. And he actually had just harvested some watermelons. I see. Because in South Texas, you might be harvesting watermelons right. right now. Anyways, it got us rolling into fun conversation. And as I learned, it's actually as I learn often, more often than I realize, more people know me than I realize I know them. Okay. And he knew who I was already before I realized. I'm just talking to right. like somebody I don't know, right? Mm. He's a gardener. I'm a Slim Campbell. <laughs> like it's the truth and then he starts talking about flowers edible flowers and cocktails and edible flowers and then we get all excited and he starts asking me about all different types of flowers why is that making you laugh so I much think you just named the episode <laughs> he's a gardener and i'm aislin campbell no, i'm aislin campbell <laughs> the long story short is that i actually harvested some holy basil flowers, which I'm very, very proud of my holy basil because uh -huh. it smells so good. And it's kind of a hard basil to grow. It's a little bit more challenging to grow. I harvested some of my roselle. Okay. And then I harvested zinnias. Yeah. And I harvested Turk's cat and took them over for him to serve in cocktails. It was super fun. And Ooh. he actually promised me some return with some drinks and stuff like that. So I'm gonna have to take him up on that offer very soon. 
when we went back to deliver the flowers. I don't know what I'll do if he shows up with an eggplant. We also... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the first time I sat down and said, like you did with the champagne, like, make me something with whiskey. Mm -hmm. He did that too, right? He said, oh yeah, I can make you something. Oh, he went bang. Yeah. He's a bartender. Yeah, and he made a thing... Racking my brain to remember the name of it. I'll have to ask him. For a minute. I Landmark. Uh, uh-uh. Valkyrie. Uh-uh. Ludwig. <laughs> he came back with this beautiful, uh, those cubes. Yes, ice, me too. Big. We have, mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. balls here with the whiskey mixed in mm-hmm. there. But then he took he lemon, the lemon zest and a torch and grated lemon zest and then <laughs> torched it and some a flame, quick flame uh-huh. from the oil of the lemon. Uh-huh. One of those bougie touches. It was a really good drink, though. It was amazing. Then the, yeah. when we go back to deliver the flowers, sat down, doing our thing, right? Uh-huh. Same seats, best seats in the whole place. And I asked a different bartender, that guy wasn't there, for the same drink. And he this. couldn't produce it. In other words, your friend is the artisan. Right. And when you can find a craft cocktail place that does mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and you're drinking artisanship, mm-hmm. then it becomes a special treat. And I enjoy that we're kind of like meeting up after work here and here and there, everything in moderation. To enjoy a cocktail at different places as they begin to open and we feel more comfortable kind of getting out there. Well, I just love getting out there, but I'm a control freak about getting out there. So it has to be where and how and when I want to. Last night after the farmer's market, I went downtown to another little cool place we have. Yeah. And they have built this little outdoor bar, like just a one, like basically sure. a two-seater type of situation. I think they built that in COVID just to be able to make people more comfortable as an outdoor mm-hmm. area now. You know, mm-hmm. And is... it's very nice. So right. I sat outside there and they've got some white wine. They, they sold it to me as Prosecco, but unless I don't know as much about Prosecco as I think that was not Prosecco. It yeah. was some kind of a white wine. But most importantly, the owner of the place was coming in and out the front door he saw me out there and he's like, Aislinn Campbell. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, he actually did say that. But <laughs> and he, he goes, don't you like what it looks like out here? So I'm sitting outside and that's a thing. Like, And we have talked about this before about our area, about how we think that more people should have places for you to sit outside. Yeah. It was really nice because here I am sitting outside. It's very downtown. And a lot of our places are not even opened up, sadly, especially because of the pandemic. But there's like lights on the trees and then these cute, young, 18 to 21 year old-ish age range girls come skating down the sidewalk on their roller skates. Old-fashioned roller skates. Yeah, like the actual roller (laughs) skates. And I'm like, wow, Corpus Christi, our little place is so fun and so good and so great. And... Enjoy those moments. Unanswered questions. I do that every morning, actually. Oh. Well, something like that. But remember my big new from the thrift store vinaigrette maker? Yes. And it calls for a medium-sized shallot diced into the dressing? Yes. What's the difference between a shallot and an onion? That is a question I've thought before. I'm our shopper. I also like to have three onions in the house at all times. So what that means is that I'll kind of keep a mental inventory. And when I go to the grocery store and I go through the vegetable aisle, I turn that corner to my left are going to be, you know, the bin of white onions, mm-hmm. yellow onions, sweet onions, and red onions, purple onions. 
Are yellow onions and sweet onions different? They are different. Do you know? Do you know what we keep in our house? We keep yellow onions yellow and onions. sweet onions. Yellow onions. Oh, sweet onions are the best. Yellow onions are my go-to baking onion. I need to buy some onions Cooking to plant. Onion. But next to all those are the shallots, mm-hmm. and they look like the onions' little cousin. <laughs> uh, Frankie. And I never buy them. Sorry to all the Frankies in the world. And I never buy them. Clearly, they're in the same family. You would think as a gardener, I would know the answer to this question. While they are related, shallots differ from onions in some basic ways. First of all, unlike regular onions, which grow as single bulbs, shallots grow in clusters more like garlic. Hmm. They are a bit sweeter than regular onions, and their flavor is more subtle. Sweeter and subtle. I did know the subtle part. This makes them especially good as seasoning in raw applications. I am so glad that we learned this. Mm-hmm. When you're going to use the onion raw, mm-hmm. go with a shallot, if like a vinaigrette or a salad dressing or directly onto a salad. Because you get the look of the onion, the flavor of the onion more subtly, and it's a sweeter taste. Oh, I guess we could grow shallots here. We can grow onions here. We can't grow garlic here. Well, we can, but we have to be real tricky about it. After our conversation about oil last yeah. week, and we've actually talked about oil a few times, and I sent you on a research we journey. Fry. Did you come across anything? Of course. Let me take you back to the grocery store. In the oil I never aisle, go down that it aisle. is expansive how many different oils mm-hmm. there are. Yeah. And there's certainly the most popular ones just by their percentage right. of the shelf space. Right. If you're going to cook with oil and fry, it has to have a high smoke point, meaning it needs to be able to tolerate the heat of what the application. Can this be like a challenge? Can it like go on and on? No. I don't want to buy different oils and fry with them. I think that you just kind of pick the one that's the best. You're talking specifically about oils for frying. Yeah, correct. Gotcha. I thought that was my assignment. It's going to be coconut oil. It's going to be olive oil, avocado oil, or peanut oil. Yes, I've heard avocado oil. You said peanut oil. Yeah. It's also known as groundnut oil. Has a real high smoke point, 446 degrees Fahrenheit, which is much higher than it's going to get in our kitchen. But the reason why people like it the most is because it has a pretty neutral taste. Yeah, coconut oil has a flavor. But it's not the the most healthy choice, you see? Right, right. It's going to be a trade-off. Well, you got to know that about peanuts. And if you have a peanut allergy, I mean, clearly that's probably going to affect you. I don't have that, thankfully. I only have allergies to like fake things. What you, what's your biggest allergen? Mine is cats. Maybe MSG or red dye. What happens to you? Perfumes. I get migraine headaches and I also, mostly I get migraine headaches. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that we had harvested a tromboncino Tromboncino. Again. Mm-hmm. Well, we harvested one. I brought it inside and then we harvested another one and yep. there are more growing. Three mm-hmm. feet of mm-hmm. good size yellow squash diameter. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good amount of squash in one plant. Yes. And they're cool looking. It looks like Gandalf's cane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are cool. So we've talked about this. I mean, we it, I don't know, it might have been on like episode 10 or something like that of season 1. It's this really interesting winter squash that you can eat both in the summer squash so when it's green mm-hmm. or you can eat it when it's already like cured, I guess, like a pumpkin. But we tend to go ahead and take them when they're... Um, well, especially when you're only giving them one at a time. If you gave me three or four of them, I would suggest we put a couple of them away. You don't bring... You have to leave them on the vine for them to get winterized. Oh, that's where they age? Yes. I thought they aged inside your home. It's not... When when I bring it inside, it's going to go bad 
the way it is. Oh, those fresh ones. Correct. I see. It's green still. Okay. So you'd have to leave it on the Same actual Same thing with vine. a pumpkin or a gourd or anything Correct. else. Correct. Oh, okay. Correct. I didn't realize Except that. Except that pumpkin and gourds and things like that don't taste good. No, understood. I'm talking about the, their ability to sit in your kitchen for three or four months. Yeah. And I've officially decided that I think a tromboncino tastes more like a spaghetti squash. So for those of you that eat spaghetti squash that know what the flavor of spaghetti... Because I'm actually not a huge fan of summer squash. Zucchini and yellow squash. Mm -hmm. I mean, I eat them and I appreciate them and we can certainly grow them and all of that. But I'm not in love with the flavor of those particular squash. You don't like good old-fashioned grandma's yellow squash the way that you like grandma's good old-fashioned... Boiled squash with onions and butter and black pepper. That's a very southern notion, the yellow squash. Garlic, onion. Cooked real simply. All gooey. Not your thing. Sloppy. So what is it about the tromboncino that you're enjoying? The, what we've prepared it with? How we've prepared it? One of the things you prepared was a, a soup. Yeah. Just a, a... That first one that you made. Oh my God. I ate every bite of that soup. Good. It was really, really good. But then you made a squash casserole with the tromboncino. And the thing about it is, is that normally I would have said like, oh... Squash casserole, ugh, you know. And even to the point of you you were asking me, well, what do you want to cook tonight? Or what do you want us to eat tonight? And I said... Our 2 p.m. conversation. Right. And I said, I don't know. We don't have anything. And I was like, oh, we've got a trombogino. They're like, well, what do I do with that? I said, I don't know. Just make some kind of squash casserole with it. Well, what are we going to eat with that? I don't know. Some meat. Well, we didn't really have like a steak. We didn't have enough pork chops. And so one you had of the said meats? sausage, like the link sausage. Uh-huh. I'm getting burned out on link sausage. Oh, you, just, oh, you told me you just don't like link sausage as a menu item. And to me, it's like you got to keep some link sausage in the freezer, oh, baby. I do. For these kinds of nights when it's like, I don't want to do anything. You just get all stuck in a place and you just keep making the same things over and over again. That's if actually, I don't that's direct absolutely it. not true. There's goat curry in the uh, Instant Pot right Yeah, now. why? How did that happen? Because I make different things all of the time. I mean, this is going to have to be an answer yeah, question for next week. If I didn't direct no, no, no. you, if no, I did not direct you, no, no, no. I you appreciate... would make tacos no. of every flavor This gets back to that night. conversation. Your perception that it is an accuracy does not... Okay, I'm going to back up a little bit more. You are accurate in these conversations often, which gives you a false sense of 100% prediction rate on them you are absolutely wrong about this if i pulled out the recipes that i've made over the last what month two yeah three, but that's not you're because going of to you see... that's because of me <laughs> okay well tell us what you made you made it well, tell I us dir- all about it. i directed it yeah you made it i directed it you said make a squash casserole use the tromboncino do you know who produces and directs the podcast it's not me <laughs> It's true. This is your creative project. I show up and laugh and make fun of you and things like that. Okay. Okay. The most important part of this is I want to get all the way back to that idea of I can handle squash casserole if it's a good squash, but you have to stop putting panko crumbs on top of things. I didn't put panko crumbs. What kind of crumbs are they? Bread crumbs. And they it's were the same thing from the, our patented macaroni and cheese and broccoli and chicken and cauliflower. I agree. Casserole. I don't like it there either. But particularly, shit. Okay. I can't um, eat that. Okay, challenge. It's not worth my um, casserole concern crust. that I might get a stomach ache from it. Casserole crust. Got it. No grain. Grain free. Please. 
Anyways, it was good. But it tasted better. It tasted better than if you'd done it with the yellow squash. Casserole. I understand. So this is really like a big Mm -hmm. pimp for the tromboncino squash. Oh, everybody should be growing tromboncino. It's a winter squash. I've never seen it at a grocery store. But then again, we don't live in the city that has that cool produce section necessarily. Yeah, true. Maybe. Every once in a while you get a jackfruit. Yeah. And you see it in the grocery store and you're like, what the hell? Or those um, Blue Hubbard squashes. Oh, my God. I can't. That I we get at the tried really market. hard to grow one of those this year, but they didn't do well. I need to buy some more If seeds. I see a weird food at the mm-hmm. farmer's market, weird, like a Blue Hubbard squash, a mm-hmm. pumpkin the size of a small Volkswagen, I am going to definitely buy it. The Learning Garden used to produce all kinds of weird, and that's where we learned about the tromboncino. And guess who brought the tromboncino to the Learning Garden? Don't even have to say your name. Aislinn Campbell. <laughs> Is that the reason why you grow the tromboncino is because it's interesting? Or now are you learning with these last few recipes that I've concocted for you that the tromboncino is actually a very delicious squash that we should just have in our life? That. And also it grows well here. It actually does really... Like, so you try to grow a different type of pumpkin or another type of winter squash, all your plants die, the tromboncino makes it. By the way, it's also AKA, also known as zucchini rampicante. So if you're looking for the seeds for this particular plant to plant in the spring. Yeah, I think you can Google tromboncino. Tromboncino. Your social media stories that I stalk are blowing up. I do a lot of that. With how much you're growing at the farm right now. My garden looks amazing. Today looks so good. Row after row after row. Seven rows. It seems to me, and I'm not objective at all. That you have been let loose onto a blank canvas or a mm-hmm. a playground. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. I have been working my tail off out there and I'm literally digging a new row every couple of days and then planting the full row. And we're talking tomatoes. We're going to have so many cherry tomatoes. <laughs> we're Green beans, can, all different types of pole so beans, many. lima beans. And then with all the seeds that I've been planting, all the baby seeds that I'm planting, Now I'm starting to put my cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cabbage, all that stuff actually into the ground. Not just planting the seeds, but actually planting the plants into the ground. And I I mentioned last week, I think, 30,000, I mean like a ridiculous amount of carrots. You should see the radishes. Listen, I don't just plant little red radishes. I plant a variety. The beautiful watermelon radishes. Yeah, those French breakfast radishes. French breakfast radishes and and the black Spanish radishes and all these amazing things. Now there's another big project going on out there. What do you mean? Well, the farmhouse. What farmhouse? The second farmhouse. My parents live in a bondominium which is super awesome. And my dad did the general contracting and he built that. And the farmhouse has always been out. The far- well, it hasn't always been out there. It was out there as soon as we bought the property. And that's where I lived when you and I met, yeah. actually. And then I moved, we decided to move in together. Yes. And I moved back into town with yes. you. And my brother moved into the house. My brother moved in the house and had his first child and raised his baby for a few years. And now the house is open again because my brother just moved out. So we are actually moving out of Corpus Christi, mm-hmm. onto the farm mm-hmm. in about a year. About a year. Yep. And there's, But what's the project? Well, we're doing massive renovations on the house. I see. Getting it ready for us to move into it. Because it was part of the problem back in the day when we first met, when a couple is combining their households and we're doing the whole... Blending. Blending family Brady Bunch thing. Mm-hmm. Where can you live where everyone can fit? Right. 
And that house wasn't big enough for us. And also the and kids didn't want to And it might have been too there. much of a drastic Right, at, at that point. So it's getting practically 500 square feet of studio yeah. where we can record podcasts yeah. and do garden planning. Which is awesome. And art and all kinds of things like that. And massive, massive porches. Yeah. Where I'm going to... That's what I was going to say. I'm going to go in the morning yeah. to an estate sale because now oh. I'm going to start looking for furniture. Okay. Because... I want us to put an actual bed on our porch. On the porch. Yes. Well, we're going to have a private porch off the master bedroom. Yeah. I'm not sure it's going to be big enough for a bed, though. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have the big, big porch. And then we're going to have another little porch. So, and then we have another little porch. So like no matter where the sun porch. is, there's always a porch. There's a porch on yeah. every side of the house. No matter which delicious, amazing view you want to see, there is a place Did to Did you see to the pictures it. today? I have not seen today's picture. Oh, my God. Inside the studio, there's this one perfect window where we're going to build a built-in desk all along the whole wall. I got it. And when you look out that window, guess what you're going to see? The chickens. The coop you're building. The I'm coop build the and the run coop. and all of the stuff. And it's going to be just like how we sit here in our office and yeah. look out our into our backyard, yep. our beautiful gardens and our chicken runs and our chickens. We're going to have the exact same thing out there. So we'll wrap up this season almost halfway to moving out to our new place, which is going to be a farm wonderland. How does your daughter feel about it? Well, Lillian kind of at first was like, ugh. But then she kind of got over it pretty quickly because by the time we get out there, she will have already started her senior year in high school. And she got her driver's license today. Oh, fantastic. Yes. How and the parallel parking? She passed the test. Oh, she got her driver's so license. Wonderful. We didn't talk specifically about the parallel parking. Joe uh, helped her out with some parallel parking. She got a car, apparently. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Some kind of uh, oh, it's a whole SUV, new world. an Xterra or something like yeah. that. So she will have her driver's license. I don't think she's too super concerned about it. She's lived out there before. Those are her grandparents that yeah. she's known all her life. Mm -hmm. She's not, I don't think she's too affected by it. We She knew, did say, Savannah is going to hate this. Does Savannah know? Da, 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 da. She said that. We knew that when the kids all kind of turned 18 or graduated from high school or whatever, we were going to move out there. That was our plan. Right. The, the plan, the intentions And it's all were, been accelerated. Yes. Because the house became vacant again. And there's no time like the present. And as I sort through my own, well, what is it going to be like? Not living in Corpus Christi. Yeah. How are you going to handle being Mr. Corpus Christi from Taft? I, don't, I think that I kind of can't be Mr. Corpus Christi anymore if you don't live there the same way that I couldn't run for city council. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. How will you interject into the city council races? I think I'm going to retire. Good. Oh, my God. It's this be is such a conversation a that I hope that we, we don't have the time to do it. Uh -huh. And that's kind of like our current views, not about politics and politicians and who's running and all that, but like the energy that we're putting into thinking about that stuff uh-huh so maybe we can talk about that soon i don't it has to be real soon because the election is upon us it's like well you know november 3rd hey i've already away. voted and at I this voted. point i don't give two shits anymore i'm moving on you've done as much as you can do i've done as much as i can do <laughs> and i'm not going to argue with people about it but and... my daughter is yeah reacting initially initially the way that Lillian predicted that she might. It I think she actually handled it really well. She did handle it real well. And Can then... I say how she handled it? Sure. Because I thought it was pretty... I think we we're going to say the same thing. Go ahead. Do y'all remember last week's question at the end, the table topics? What fear would you have to conquer? And Aislinn kind of dug in and, mm -hmm. and kept working on you until... Yeah, it was fun. 
until I got to the one that I knew was the one that yeah. I'd finally get you to admit to. You got me to the answer. Thank you. Well, one thing I know about Joe is that I'm going to have to keep pushing Joe to have conversations that he doesn't want to have. Mm-hmm. And I literally forced the conversation yeah, over did. the move. I forced it because no. it needed to happen. It was perfectly timed. Sure. And it was funny because you go, we didn't have to do this right now. And I go, we didn't. You're right. We didn't have to get to this point. But how did she react in the way that you thought was... At first she was, oh yeah, whatever. My dad, they will say, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then it never actually comes to fruition. So she was kind of thinking about it. And then she goes, well, when is John moving out? And I was like, John's already moved out. That We're already working on the house. Like it's happened. This is real. And then... Then once she discovered, oh, this isn't just like something we're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is happening. She went in her room and she turned on the music really loud. Yeah. Rock, rap kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Really loud. Uh-huh. And she screamed and hollered and said all kinds of things. And then she kind of came out and apologized. Like she didn't outright apologize, but she was just kind of like, yeah, I hope you didn't hear any of that. It wasn't intended I for didn't you hear to any hear of it. it. I, I know had, you had your headphones on. I had my headphones on. on. I didn't hear it any of it but i was like you know what that's the way i'm facing things these days if i've got something that i'm upset about i need to go get it out sometimes you gotta yell it out sometimes you gotta scream it out do you use music as a tool well music i believe and actually she's pretty freaking smart because music helps to that kid's smarter than me (laughs) yeah it helps to drown it out so maybe that the people that you could potentially be saying really horrible things to or about when you're angry don't hear it (laughs) Because I think one time when I was screaming at you, you actually heard me screaming at you. You heard the words I was saying. Uh-huh. And, and I said, it's not about you. And you were like, but you just said my name and said it to me. And I'm like, no, I didn't. I said it out loud. I said it out. I put it out. I got it out of me. It's not about you. So she's pretty freaking smart. Yeah. And then I think the next statement officially was, I'm not going to worry about that until the time comes. Yeah, I'm said, gonna... I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I go, okay. She's got a year to process it She's now. Got a year to process it. The promises, and I'm, I made it very clear to my parents. Because my parents are like Jones, and like they're ready for us to be there. Sure, they, my dad they, is. There's an empty spot. Building the house, they want yeah. us there to help. They want us there so they can go on vacation, yeah. you know. And we feed the dogs. I mean, the they cattle. want us there. But really, you know, this is the commitment we made to our kids. We're going to get them to sophomore and senior year in high school, and then we'll go from there, and it'll be fine. I was telling somebody else the other day that asked me about it. Oh, yeah. By the way, Aislinn Campbell rumor is out that Aislinn's moving out of Corpus Christi because yeah. that came up in a conversation. It was like, oh, rumor is that you're moving to the farm. Is that what I hear? Can I tell you a place my head is gone? Where's your head gone? That area is an exploding growth area. Oh, my God. You're right. 100%. It needs... Me? A voice. It needs Aislinn it Campbell. It needs a creative thinker. Oh, you're going to get involved in Taft politics? I don't oh, think God. I can help myself. I don't think you're going to be very successful. That's a whole different type of world over there. I think you just challenged me. Those cowboys, they put their foot up on the desk and they tell you how it's going to be, boy. Okay, but I don't <laughs> think that they understand what Freedom Harvest Farms is about to become in their community. Probably true. That Probably farm stand's got to go somewhere. That's true. I think the main thing is just going to be me convincing my daughter that she's going to still be able to have time with her friends in town. And that will probably be a little bit of effort. Well, by then she'll have her driver's license too. That's and, true. That's very know, true. That's going to be very yeah. helpful. But like last night, mm-hmm. I think a group of people had gotten together for dinner at a friend's house. I don't mind going across town late knowing that she already lives way away from most of her friends. But that means that I didn't feel like cooking. And so it's a takeout night for you and I. Not everything is open yet. 
So the takeout we're getting is from the same places over and over and over again. Sometimes you need something different. One of the things that the girls always tend to con us into at some point during the week con. is a lunch delivery to the school yeah. of something that they like to eat. I do a lot of Pokeball delivering to Lily and Oh, Lily likes Pokeball? She loves Pokeballs. Delivered to school? I take them to her at school. Oh, that's awesome. And anytime that she's like, can you please bring me some food? Like before a volleyball game or something like that. I almost always go to Pokeball. She'll tell me like, bring me a Subway sandwich. I'm not bringing you that garbage. Uh, Would you like... That is your tactic? Yes. You're not going to go buy it for her... I take her lunches sometimes, and it's going to be something you along those garbage, lines. You buy garbage, Subway. I, I buy, buy I go for the Poke Bowl. I buy her Play-Doh bread. I hate that crap. It's garbage. Do you get upset with me that I that I provide that for her if she asks me for it? But she's asking you for that because she's trying to make it easy on you. Is that right? Yes. So, But she does the same for me, too. So it's like, hey, could you please bring me some food? I didn't get my lunch money done or whatever. Just bring me a Subway. Like, she's just trying to make it easy. And I'm like, how about Pokeball? Because I haven't eaten yet, and I'm hungry, and I'm just going to go get something good. Pokeballs have become something. And plus, she doesn't eat. She only eats the good, clean protein that we eat. So, like, when you take her a Subway sandwich, you're taking her... I take her a Schlotzky's. Crappy bread and crappy vegetables. She likes the tomato ciabatta. Yeah, that's different than Subway. Schlotzky's I can handle. I wonder whether other people, like other people in Texas know Schlotzky's, but do other people in the world know Schlotzky's? Everyone knows Subway. It's the number one chain, uh, fast food chain in the world. But Schlotzky's. Schlotzky's started in Austin. I think it's a little regional. Yeah. It's a sourdough sandwich. Oh, they have the best sandwiches. It's a baked sourdough sandwich. Yeah, they're good. Cheesy, melted, cheesy Mm -hmm. with the, the original. Their original sandwich has got, you know... I'll eat some grain for that. I mean, I wish I had salami and ham. I don't eat that. Well, she doesn't eat, so she doesn't eat anything but the clean meat. She doesn't eat anything but the clean meat, too. So, Poke Bowl, that works. Fish. She'll eat fish. So, I I picked up Poke Bowls last night. You did, and I love them. I really like them. This is a new place. And if you don't know what a Poke Bowl is, I'm sure that you probably do. But if you don't, it's a bowl, usually with rice on the bottom. But Aislinn, you grain-free, of course, got us like a spring mix, uh, some spinach on the bottom. Yeah. So, it's basically like a seafood salad. You pick your base, mm-hmm. brown rice, white rice, the spring salad mix or, or spinach, noodles. Mm-hmm. Then you pick your protein. Mm-hmm. I got ahi tuna mm-hmm. and yellowfin tuna. I got the spicy tuna and salmon. Then you pick your sauce. Me and the rest of the world do not get along when it comes to the amount of dressing that people want on their salads. I agree with you. Oh, my God. I'll say half the dressing. Oh, I always ask for my dressing on the side. So you got your sauce on the side. Because then I can put as much of it as I want on there. I chose this place's house poke sauce. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Then you put your fixins. Mm-hmm. White onions, green onions, cucumber carrots no carrots are a topping. edamame no that's a topping oh okay. in the in the assembly line that is this poke bowl yes yes the, the, uh, mag- seaweed there was seaweed yeah. that was one of those then she takes those things and mixes them all up and then puts them on top of your base on top of in my mm-hmm. case it was brown rice mm-hmm. you had that salad mix mm-hmm. then you get your toppings mm-hmm. i got we can go back and forth. I tofu, got edamame, no mango. Tofu for me. No mango. For you got me. corn, right? You corn, had corn on yours. Carrots. Garlic. I love it when they put the roasted garlic. garlic. Uh huh. Maguro, the little masago. Masago. Masago, the little fish eggs. I don't think that's eggs. right either. Hold on, we'll do it two ways. Masago, the little fish eggs. 
What did I say it's first? It's not Magoro. I know that's wrong. Maduro, the little fish <laughs> eggs. definitely <Or> wrong. <laughs> Maguro, the little fish eggs. That's definitely wrong. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Those little fish eggs. Yeah. <laughs> you put those on top. Then they put the lid on it and you take it home. And it's yeah. fantastic. Uh-huh. They also had a little machine like a cocoa dispenser at the convenience store for miso soup i didn't need any of that so we got miso soup and that was the takeout last night the best and i love that we did it and if there's a better spot let's go there and kind of put that into well, the takeout we've rotation we talked about this before because we talked about the one that's near our house mm-hmm. do you remember and i think we talked about it on an episode because i was just Pokey like yucky. these people are so nice they close early yeah but they also don't have too many choices. It's much more limited oh, I see. in what you can pick on yours. But I will tell you that my favorite one yeah. is on the island. And I haven't had this and you've talked about it many times. It's very good. We need to go out there and give it a try. Yes, we sure do. I love poke bowls. And the idea of having that as like fast food yeah. is a new concept. But I'm down with it. I want to eat that often. It's only as unhealthy as a couple of choices. And neither one of us are going to choose the unhealthy option. Some kind of creamy, crazy sauce and oh, too I, much I of it. I eat the creamy, crazy sauce. But I, I like it but on the side. Otherwise, it's a bowl of raw, good protein and, mm-hmm. and vegetables. Lots of, yeah, high protein vegetables and lots of vegetables. Yeah, good, good, good stuff. But it's clear to say our, our favorite takeout place, our favorite takeout place for mm-hmm. me is still the Indian joint. Oh, yeah. Let's I do love that. the takeout of Bellino, you know, uh, the last friend with benefits. But mm-hmm. I prefer that it's a dining experience more than a takeout experience. Agreed. The takeout Agreed. experience here in town for me is Indian and then... Pizza. Yeah, but you can't eat the pizza. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I can, but I, that's the reason why I don't want you to put crappy breadcrumb crap on top of casseroles. Because uh, here's the thing that I've learned. Modern, clear. And, and many people have listened to the podcast and the grain-free thing and what what's excellent. The fact of the matter is I have learned that it actually explodes my stomach. It makes my stomach like when get... some of that grain slips in, you mean? When it gets too much. Mm. I, think, I think it's when it's like on top of, on top of, on top of. And then my stomach, I feel like I, I just exploded like a gas bomb inside my stomach. Is that a general thing that's happening to all humans, but grain is so in our diet that we don't know it? Or do you think you have a grain allergy now that you've played with grain-free for a while? I have no idea. I don't really understand it well enough. And I'm not interested in digging into it. Okay. What I've learned when I, I did my Voices for Wellness just a couple of days ago again mm-hmm. with an awesome mom who has four kids and her first child was born with uh, all kinds of allergies. And so basically she learned that the allergies were happening during breastfeeding and they tell you the child has colic, which is nothing. Well, we don't know. It's colic, but it's colic something. Colic is a medical word for crying. Yeah. It's a medical word for there's something wrong with the kid. The mm-hmm. kid, the kid's unhappy, but we don't know what it is. Oh, so, so she was passing allergens along in her breast milk. Correct. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's not unusual. How do they diagnose that? She figured it out on her own, which is uh, what happens a lot of times with moms is that you basically then have to go. Yeah. You just have to go through your diet and cut things out, which is the reason Let's why I often encourage fasting. So basically when I fasted from grain, because a naturopath told me to fast from grain, my body, I learned doesn't like grain. It, it is definitely one of the things that I am intolerant of. I'm also intolerant of ice cream. It's just a thing. I've, I knew it probably more in my life, but the older I get, the more I'm intolerant. And I don't want to have a stomach ache. I don't want to be out on a vacation or on a trip 
and I indulged too much and I'm sick to my stomach. And people know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. I don't want that. Were you sick to your stomach all the time before you ever considered grain-free? Or no. did you do the grain-free and then now reintroducing it to yourself? Correct. Okay. Correct. That's exactly it. And I a... did have all kinds of stomach issues before. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, ha I mean, that's where it all started for me was stomach issues, basically. My point about the fasting and you can't know what's wrong unless you take some time to try to figure it out. And fasting helps because whether you're fasting from sugar or grain, or just generally doing the, like we do the intermittent fasting type of diet, you can't know what your body feels like without something. And then when you reintroduce it, what it feels like when you reintroduce it, if you don't cut it out of your life for a, a long enough to recognize it. I'm going to tell you this. If you want to really get to know your body and your diet, mm -hmm. do a 21, Google this, 21 day sugar fast. And it will make you learn a lot about what you're eating, what they're selling you to eat, and what sugar feels like in your body. I hate sugar fasts because the problem is I love chocolate. Mm. We know. Do you know that I ate both of those fudge things last night from the farmer's market? I, I know, ate both I know that of the, them. I know. And they weren't little ones. They were big ones. The folks that listened last week have heard that I had to <laughs> go in the middle of the night to the grocery store to get you some chocolate. <laughs> I probably have an intolerance to sugar, We've got, too. I know I do, but I ignore we've it. Got a, <laughs> we've got grocery store characters on this show. The grocery store that is two blocks away from us, and then the better grocery store that is a drive a mile and a half from and us. And then the fancy grocery store with all the natural goodies, right, the natural are, there, junk food. You're right. There are three grocery <laughs> store characters on the show. In the middle of the night, I'm going to the one that's closest to us. The one closest to us, the grocery store chain believes, and they are wrong. And I know this because I am a shopper. And I'm going to tell you the biggest concern that I have about moving out there are these little things that I have not even all put together in my mind. The idea that we live two blocks away from a grocery store is a convenience that I enjoy. Sure. We won't live two blocks from a grocery store. No, but All you can the grocery drive store past planning one on the way home be, every single time you come home. Planned out. Correct. But that grocery store close to us, because they believe that they have a different socioeconomic level, which probably comes from market research of what they sell and don't sell, has a very limited supply of the kinds of things that you we like. You will be glad to know that the Portland HEB. I'm not asking you to sell me. No, no. It's like this one over here. It's, it's the, the, it's the got, better one. It's the better one. Okay. Yeah. Well, because they have money in Portland. <laughs> my directive was to get milk chocolate with almonds, a bar, mm -hmm. and dark chocolate with almonds. I ate all of those candy bars. So I bought a six pack of the everyday size, the everyday size, uh -huh. not the king size, but no. the everyday size, so not the miniatures, or the everyday size of Hershey's milk chocolate with almonds. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I have a problem. You have a problem. I do. <laughs> I have problems too, so I'm not going to... All right. Table topics. I'm feeling a creative energy where we need to create a stinger for table topics, but it's going to be this. No, it's Listen. me. I'm the stinger. I'm Aislinn Campbell. I appreciate your emotional reaction. <laughs> it's going to go like... You're going to think that it's going to like a big noise, but the noise is... Table topics. I pulled this out of the bachelorette party. These are the sexy questions. Oh, yeah, because we were planning on getting married. Yeah. How close... Uh, this, uh, this question's a little risque. I'm going to get a backup question just in case we don't want to answer this one. I don't know. This is, this is territory that we don't go into often. 
How close have you come to getting caught in the act? Now, if you don't want to answer that, let me pull a second one. Oh, this one's, this one's a little. When was the last time you went skinny dipping? Ladies' choice. When was the last time you went skinny dipping? Or how close have you come to getting caught in the act? Those are not big deals to me. Okay. Like, well, I, I don't know. We've been caught, but I don't really remember. We've been caught? I don't think we've been caught, but. You got to answer this? How close have you come really to getting ha- caught in the act? I've been caught. I've been caught. That's how close. Yeah. And skinny dipping. I don't know. Have we skinny dipped together? I can't no. remember. Uh-uh. Why not? I don't know. We, we don't have a pool to go into. We have run around naked in the rain. That's right. I don't see these. Th- those are not risque questions to me. Well, when's the last time you went skinny dipping? I'm curious. God, I don't remember. I don't either. I have. Yeah, the one. It, it was a long was time ago. You. Yeah, it was before you, but it was a long time before that. I think we've got two things for our bucket list. Let's go get caught in the act. Skinny dipping. <laughs> Have we skinny dipped together? Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dinner Table Talks. We will be back next Monday with a fresh episode. In the meantime, hit us up on social media, send us an email, DM us, whatever. We want to hear from you. And we hope that you're enjoying the episodes as much as we enjoy creating them for you. Yeah, as you fling that vape pen around over there in your hand. I'm probably going to cut that out. No, you're never going to cut it out. You say that every time. You're like a typical nicotine addict. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. No, no, I'm going to cut it out of the podcast. Oh. Why? Bring it up. Why are you going to cut it out? Huh? We can talk about my habits, but we can't talk about yours. We talk about whatever habits you choose to talk about. Why do we have to cut it out? I'll probably put this at the end then. Da-da-da-da!